All right. Good morning. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Coffee Shop Football Podcast, Episode Two. Uh, I'm your host Zach, and then I've got with me my co-host Kevin. How you doing, Kevin? What's popping, Zach? You know, there's nothing like an episode of Coffee Shop Football that's being taped at 9:30 p.m. Uh, I'm so committed to the bit that I actually went to Whole Foods and I picked up an iced honey vanilla latte. So I'm very, very here for the listeners so they they can really, really experience truly caffeinated football takes. That's bold. I didn't have the stones to go with the caffeine route. I went some uh, some decaf Nescafe in the Nescafe cup, but I had to get nice. the coffee in. So nice. uh, I'm still drinking it, but I decided not to ditch sleep for the night. So I'm not not as caffeinated for this one around. Hey, you know, decaf counts too. I mean, I used to be a big anti-decaf guy. I used to think it was... Uh, you know, super stepping on the toes of the true caffeinated uh, uh, people. But you know what? I got to say, I got, I got the in-laws in town and I'm having a blast with them, hanging out with the family. So uh, this this is the first time I've had a chance to just sit down and talk football for a couple of days. So I'm going to relish in it. Well needed. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So by the time everybody hears this, it'll be, uh, it'll be in the morning, but we're recording this at night. So it'll be a little bit more mellow of our coffee shop football episode as mellow as we get as mellow as as mellow as we can possibly get between the two of us which is not but let's let's hop right in we're sipping through let's start with off there with the first sip going through we've got this question in from felix and we have for you kev what's the we're both uh commissioners for here we i run a couple leagues kevin you run your own league Uh, i think how many I'm commissioner of one. I'm in. Uh, I'm in four. Like I would call my main leagues, and mm-hmm. uh, one of them I commission. It's a dynasty, and uh, I'm relatively new to commissioning. Awesome. It's my second year of being a commissioner. Yeah, hopping in on a dynasty one too right off the bat. That's intense. It was. It was tough to start, but you know, but you gotta you gotta run before you walk. Sometimes, man. Well, leads right in. What's so far the biggest challenge you faced as a commissioner of a fantasy football league? So this is a great question because uh, my whole thing was I set up a league with a bunch of my friends in L.A. and a bunch of my family members and friends back home. So I went for the uh, coast-to-coast angle, um, and I absolutely love it. But it's difficult to get everybody on the same page for, you know, housekeeping things, rule changes, you know, all mm-hmm. that fun stuff. We have group chats. We have the, you know, the the threads that we tackle. We try to do the occasional poll here and there. Right. Um, but mostly what it comes down to is we have our five people who talk the most smack in the, uh, in the group yeah, chat. The, the other five that don't pay any attention. The, the, at all. There's, there's the five that it's harder. I mean, you know, it, very rarely I've had to go in and say, Hey, make sure your lineup is set, you know, which, you know, that's never ideal, but I have faith always in, in the people I chose originally that they're the people mm-hmm. that can be the ones that can make it, the, make the league the best league that it can possibly be. Um, basically, so I would say biggest challenge has been getting everybody on the same page for things. Um, haven't, haven't loved that challenge. Um, also too, you know, you have to be diplomatic. Um, there have been times when I've had to settle disputes or I've had to come in when, uh, smack talk got a little too real. You know, we have some Patriots fans in our, our group chat and they were trying to tell us today that Mac Jones was uh, better than Josh Allen. So you know, That's it's tough, bro. it's tough That's to be it's tough to be diplomatic when you have to, to die on, also lay the hammer down. You know, I love my I love my league mates, but also, uh, you know, sometimes you got to roll around in the mud with them. <laughs> sometimes you got to roll. Sometimes you got to roll up your sleeves and say, "I'm not I'm not commissioner." Throw right some now. punches yourself, yeah, buddy. You like, get in there. Let me get in this. 
but for the most part, I'm usually in there uh, having a blast, and and uh, so are they. You know, we have we have really really good. I would say healthy banter for the most part. But uh, when it's not, you know, when 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 there's disputes over, oh, they're getting easy dubs because this dude forgot to bench this dude, or oh, like mm-hmm. they can't feel the full team this week. You have to be mm-hmm. diplomatic, but you have to also be fair. You have to also be, you know, because I always try to figure like, you know, how would I want a commissioner that I uh, that I had to deal with the situation that I was in. Right. And I, I think sometimes too, that it's, it's, it's tough even being a commissioner of a league you're also involved in as well, because then there's always the aspect of like, Oh, well, he's cheating. Like as the commissioner, like he's, he's clearly doing this for his favor. And you're like, all right, well, like I'm trying to, I'm diplomatic, not trying to like you step on anybody's toes, but like, I'm also trying to do what I think would be the most fair. And it, it can get a little hot sometimes. I've, I run yeah three leagues two two leagues are with basically the same people one's redraft one's dynasty and then i run a dynasty that about i know half the people the other half are one of my buddy's friends so oh that's cool that one's honestly been a little easier to run and i think it comes from like not knowing everybody almost is like a little bit more of like a a courtesy level to the commissioner in that scenario when i know everybody in my other leagues like they'll they'll just roast me like there's no There's no like holds barred on that league. We're like the other people were like, okay, well, like I can respect that. I get how that's a hard decision to make. Like middle of the season. I think for me, the biggest challenger of a commissioner is when you run into a change you have to make in the middle of a season. Yeah. Because that just wants it just makes me want to pull my hair out. Cause I'm like, all right, we didn't discuss this at any point in time, but now it's happening. Like if you're changing like I don't know, like the, the tiebreakers. Like if you haven't been like, oh, what's going to be the tiebreaker? Do you just go with sleepers, regular setting stuff? That's always the worst because like halfway through the season, people are like, well, that affects me this way. That affects me that way. So I, I mean, biggest tip for a new commissioner is like really shell out all the details prior to the season. Like go yeah. go nitty gritty, look up a commissioner guide, like get all the, especially for Dynasty, be like, make sure you know how the rookie draft is going to be organized. Make sure you know everything because when you're trying to figure that out halfway through the year, it can get hot. My league has had some serious arguments. Well, that's a great point because so much you don't think about. You don't, you know, you don't think about what you're going to have to do until you're already doing it. And I mm. was in a, I was in a pool, a survivor pool, actually. This is just a tangent where uh, everybody picked the Colts week one and then there was a tie and they didn't specify before what was going to happen in the event of a tie. Right. I was one of the people who picked the Colts. So I was like, well, my team didn't lose, so how am I going to be? So I should stay in. Eliminated, yeah. you know. Right. They ended up voting to eliminate us, but then there was another situation later in the same pool that I was in, where I was already obviously I I was already out, but I was monitoring it because I wanted to play again, and everybody lost the same week, and they were he was like, we're just going to everybody advances, and I was like, how can you advance when you Hold lose? <laughs> But not on a top no like tie. You know what I mean? I I, I yeah. said I said they should either split the pot or and I got I got into a lot of a lot of beef in that in that pool because you, as when money's on the line, like it's tough not to because you're like, all right, well, like cool, you left me out, but then have another person I could have had that money type scenario. Yeah. So so you know that kind of commissioner, uh, you know that kind of leading i don't find to be the the way to go i think you have to be a little bit more diplomatic i think you have to Mm -hmm. i i personally i know this can be a little risky at times but i think you have to crowdsource i think you have to be paying attention to the people who have a lot to say and who have uh strong opinions and you have to try to respect that because sometimes Mm -hmm. they're going to be out of pocket but i think for the most part you you have to be 
I, I like to say I'm commissioner of the people. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I look Polls out for the are people. Great. Yeah. Exactly. And, you know, I, I love doing, like, for example, at the end of the season, because we're we're the Dynasty League, I love doing, I have an awards ceremony for my league mates called the Nasty Awards. And I just come up with fun, creative, almost like the paper plate awards in high school. You know, I just come up with, like, fun ways to, like, reward my league mates. And, and those kinds of things, I think, when you talk about the challenges of being a commissioner, those are the rewards of being a commissioner, is getting to express I yourself. I some brownie points from your league, too. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. No, we, we, the, the camaraderie is, is, is very high because, uh, you know, I, I like to have that kind of a dynamic, you know, I, I feel like that's just uh, the kind of person I am. So I feel like be, be a commissioner, how you try to live your life, you know, lead how you live. Yeah, and if you, if you are looking for like a dynasty league, like anybody listening, like, and, and you can't find one that's evolved. That's not one of the harder things finding like a dynasty league or just a competitive league in general is mm-hmm. finding a league where you have like 12 people all engaged all year long. Mm-hmm. Having a good commissioner is like key to that. Because if yeah. you have someone that's like instigating some stuff, being like, oh, like check out this matchup, check out this type thing, make sure you're setting your lineups, like here's what's going on type stuff. Like it helps everybody stay engaged yeah. too. So if you have like a good commissioner as well, that that's great too. Yeah, I have a blast doing it, and um, those things are are quote unquote challenges. But like I said, they're also rewards. You know, being able to being able to always talk football, being able to always chop shop with your league mates. Um, also, too, I will say really quick, you brought this up earlier, but sometimes the the default settings are not the move. You mm-hmm. know, uh, earlier this season, it was pretty funny. I found myself uh, wanting to switch because sleepers' default tiebreaker is point scored. Right. And I understand that that's considered maybe technically a more fair way, but I guess I don't see it mirroring the way that it's done in the, in the pros. So I kind of thought I floated the idea of like, Hey league, like what do we, how do we feel about making tiebreakers head to head? And of course, being the guy who was second place with fourth most points scored, you know, like you said, I, I got I got, got some skin in the game. I, I, <laughs> I got, I got skin I, in the game. I caught a lot of flack for that uh for that suggestion, but maybe in the yeah. off season we can revisit it. But I, well, how do you feel about that? Really quick, I guess that's a, another tangent. But how do you feel about that? I personally use point scored. Um, I I used to go off the basis of like, oh, this should reflect the NFL as yeah. much as possible. I don't I don't really believe that as much anymore. I think mm-hmm. I've kind of shifted a bit. To where I'm like, yeah, that's great. But this is also fake football where we don't have defenses <laughs> or other things. So like there's gonna have to be some things that are different. Um, and that that's important to me as well, because especially if you don't have divisions like head to head to me, it doesn't yeah. seem as like like you only play this person like once, the chance right. of that one week. Like if you beats if you've got divisions, sure, head to head's great, you can have those rivalries, but I don't play with divisions too much. Um, I used to, but anymore so i i kind of am one for like picking what i think is the most like fun or like instills a competitive nature so adding like most points for can be rewarding because you're like all right maybe i lost this week with the second highest point scored that's still going to help me later in the year or like i'll throw tight end premium in stuff like that just to like keep people engaged Or, or one that happened to us this week actually was we decided at the beginning of the year to do um, playoff finish for draft order rather than regular season finish uh, and so like number one in the regular season if they go out first round they don't get dead last pick of the draft they'll get wherever they go out that's smart yeah I, I think i did that in my league too 
Mm -hmm. It's definitely a better, I think a better way to do it. And that mirrors the NFL as well, but we didn't talk about first round exit. So the two first teams exiting, I was like, okay, they have to play each other for draft spot, right? Mm. Or do they just both tank? Do you just, how do you do that? Like if both teams set their worst lineup, is it whoever loses? Is it point scored? Is it regular season finish? We didn't talk about that at all. So we had to put that up to a vote. I yeah. think you'd have to go, for me, this is just random. I think you'd have to go by how many points they scored in their losing matchup. That's, that is a good idea. We did talk about that. We ended up deciding that we both wanted one more week for like a reason to set our lineups. So whoever one of us wins, unfortunately, I was one of the first round exits. Ah, uh, tough. Um, we're, we're playing for the draft spot. So whoever wins gets the better draft spot and whoever loses gets the worst one. So to like, that was for us. It was like, all right, we just want one more week to like play some fantasy football. There you go. I love that. That's, that's a beautiful thing. And I think that's a beautiful opportunity for us to transition into our next segment. How do you feel about that? Yeah, I'm in. Felix, so I hope we answered your question, bro. Yeah, there are some trials and tribulations to being a commissioner, yeah, for sure. Definitely. But it's fun, all in it's all. It's a blast. Rolling into the weekly special. So for those of you that missed last week's episode, this is kind of a segment we just both identify kind of like maybe like a trend we're watching, like something on the week that like could be like make or break. Like if it keeps happening, it could be like a new storyline or maybe it's just like a one-week wonder type thing. Just something we're keeping an eye on. So why don't you start us off, Kev? I would be happy to start us off with the weekly special that I've been waiting to deliver for maybe the last 20 years. Keep your eyes peeled. (laughs) Keep your eyes peeled on the playoff chances of those pesky, gritty Detroit Lions. Because given what we've seen from them this season, that team is exciting. That team has an obvious culture shift. That team might even have themselves. Now, I'm not going to say a starting quarterback, but somebody who can play the quarterback position decently. I, I never thought I'd I see think the he's day. A starting quarterback. I'd I like never, to say, yeah, he's top, a top 20. Starting quarterback. Yeah, he's a top 20 quarterback in the league. I, I am absolutely thrilled for their fans. I'm absolutely thrilled for the organization. I wanted Dan Campbell to work so bad. I wanted him to be a thing so bad. And we've seen so many coaches go through organization after organization with that rah rah bite Mm -hmm. your kneecap mentality and it always rings hollow but it's not ringing hollow in detroit right now and all in six out of seven wins their one loss being to the eventual super bowl champions (laughs) so i'm very very intrigued and i'm very much looking forward to seeing their hopeful dominance continue against carolina correct Yes, and they are uh, dogs. I mean, not dogs. They are projected to win for, I think, the first time in the last couple of weeks as well. They're uh, two-and-a-half-point favorites in that Dude, game. Dude, believe it or not, they were favored over the Vikings. Oh, right, they were. Which I was yeah, disgusted and, and by. Did, and, yeah, I know. And but... ended up, yeah, I ended up losing some money on that one. No, it should be good. I think you're right on. I, I, I think we're almost there, honestly, with this one. I think Detroit is a good team. I yeah, think, I think it's it's safe to say that now. We're there. If they they should dog on the Panthers this week, but it should be it, it should be a boat race. But that's the thing is good teams win the games they're supposed to win. So this is a, this is a big test for them because it's a test. 
Yeah. They've been riding the underdog thing. They've been riding the nobody mm-hmm. wants us to win. Nobody, nobody believes in us wave for so long. And now they're getting a ton of attention. And I'm finally oh, yeah. comfortable enough to say, I mean, I, I, I was smashing Minnesota. I was smashing Detroit over, over New York, but we're now at a point where this is a game that they should win. And I'm very eager to see how they perform in a game that they should win. It'll be interesting for sure. I, I think the offense is just this is something like Matt and I have talked about before at reception perception is like the Lions offensive ecosystem right now is just one of the best in the NFL mm-hmm. and like they have not Zach Wilson running it so it's yep. working great yep and I think Jared Goff is competent we love we watched him lead like a great Rams offense yeah for a couple of years he just wasn't mm-hmm. anything special and he I just still don't think he's anything special but he's definitely good enough yeah it's fascinating to see what a competent quarterback can look like in a system designed for them to succeed surrounded by weapons. Oh yeah. And it's a beautiful thing. Amon Ra's a, a, a filthy wide receiver. He's another and, level. Yeah. It's just top nine. I think he's just one step away from just top tier. Um, I think this, I, I, I made this comparison on the uh, legit football podcast earlier tonight, but I think that the two the two wide receivers I'm looking to assert themselves in that in that elite tier, possibly by next Don't season. Don't you fucking say Terry McLaurin. <laughs> we'll get to that. We'll, we gotta we gotta have we're gonna have to pull the listeners. But I was gonna say Amon Ra and Garrett Wilson. I think okay. there. I think that there is nothing stopping those two, except for maybe Zach Wilson. Right. I think there's right. nothing stopping those two from taking that step into the top 12 next year for both think, NFL football and fantasy. I think Amon Ra's maybe a little closer. I think he's if arguably, if not there, I mean, he's just been dominant, but can you really fairly assess Garrett Wilson currently given? No. The, and I mean, he's a fire. Too. That is the jets offense, right? Exactly. exactly. Oh, yeah. I think they I might think make he... the lead together or around the same time. Amon Ra's just, has a bigger sample size of doing it. Mm-hmm. You know, last year he won people fantasy championships. So yeah. Baller. Love mm-hmm. him. Love his route running. He's you want to give us I, your first weekly special? Yeah, I will. I uh my one is gonna be to keep an eye on the Chiefs for this week. I think Ooh. they have not not that I think they'll lose. I think they definitely should not lose to the Seahawks. That'd be almost more alarming. I I wanna know if they're gonna boat race a team. Because yeah. I feel like the last two weeks with, while I think the Broncos game was a little bit more handled by the Chiefs, um, watching them almost lose to Houston and not even like a, oh, we let them come back too quick. Like uh, we're losing to the, the Texans right now and we yeah. have to come back. Like I, you don't want to see that from a Super Bowl contending team with maybe the number one overall pick next year Texans. <laughs> I was actually so jazzed watching that game because I keep telling you, I keep telling everybody, the Chiefs are great, but they aren't infallible. And there's this weird mm-hmm. sheen around that organization. It's Andy Reid. It's Patrick Mahomes. It's it's uh, uh, Jake from State Farm. They have this allure to them. They You're have also this... a bit of a Chiefs hater, so we can take it with a grain of salt. Okay, I li- the first thing I said when I started this was that they're a great team. I just think that they get a free pass because they won a championship. You've pointed that out several times. It's a great point. You you win that chip and you have a little more leeway. You have a little more flexibility. Tom Brady's mm-hmm. on a six and eight 
dumpster fire of a team that people aren't throwing to the wolves because he's Tom Brady. Right. And he did. He won a Super Bowl a couple of years ago at age 73. So, you know, like I get it. I understand the sheen, but it's time that I'm so glad that you, you bring it up because I, I'm going to talk about it in a later segment of the show. But I also think that the Chiefs need to show us that they're more than just getting by. And it's one thing to win gritty. It's one thing to win ugly. It's another thing to almost embarrass yourself against a one-win team. Yeah, I would like to see the, – the line right now for the Se- Seahawks-Chiefs game is 10 points. They're 10-point favorites right now, which is – like that's a big line. That's a, like a – they should easily handle they should them cover that line. Definitely. And they have not covered in the last two weeks. So I, I just want to see them cover that line. That would make me feel a little more comfortable yeah. that they figured it out. And you made a great point when you brought up um, pre-show. Uh, you brought up the way that the 49ers handled the Seahawks. Mm-hmm. The Seahawks are a fine team. The Seahawks yeah, are a perfectly overperformed fine, easily overperformed, but perfectly fine wild card contending team mm-hmm. in the NFC. So, if the if the 49ers with an undrafted, sorry, last pick Brock's in the draft, dirty. yeah, Brock Sturdy. Um, it, you know, if they can beat him up, Mahomes should be able to beat him up. Right. So that's what I'm keeping an eye on. If if they go three weeks in a row of these close games against teams that they should beat, no Tyler Lockett, mind you. Um, Kenny, Wa- uh, Kenny Walker is still a little beat up. Mm-hmm. They should win this handedly by a touchdown at least. They should. I would, I would be worried. Like I genuinely, I think if they can't handle it again, I would be worried about their lack of a dominant receiver and I'd be yep. worried about their lack of a defense. Yeah. And I'm going to be honest with you. Every single part of me, every single bone in my body wants them to not show us. And to be a hundred percent honest with you, even if they don't show us that we know they're going to show up in the playoffs yep, because they will. Pat Mahomes yeah. is the grim reaper and Andy Reid is one of the greatest coaches of all time. And Absolutely. I, in a moment of weird clarity, my salt has washed away and I'm able to see that. You answered the question of why people respect them even when they're yeah, not dominating. Absolutely. Yeah. We deserve, the NFL des- and the fans deserve, and me as a Bills fan, we all deserve a Bills-Chiefs AFC championship game. It's just, it's just what we I'm deserve. Man. I, loved, I love Joe Shiesty as much as the next guy, and he's going to get his ring. Uh, but you know what? I think this year it's it's going to come down to Josh and Pat again. Bengals are rolling, baby. They're rolling. They're looking no, don't good. Yeah. Oh, hey. Uh, to clarify, I'll take a I'll take a Bills Bengals AFC Championship game. I think that would be sick too. As long as Bills are part of the conversation. <laughs> yeah. It's it's this is the year. I'm I'm ready, dude. I, I sometimes when I think about like, given what we've been through, when I think about like, oh, in a couple months, I might have. Josh Allen hoisting a Lombardi as my background on the phone. <laughs> kind of crazy. It's kind of a crazy thing. I know they got to do it, but you I mean, mean Kirko chains. You got to get the the Kirk Thuggins. If it's year if it's in here. if it's Bills Viking Super Bowl, that's going to no, be the I'd craziest, cry. zaniest, wackiest Super Bowl of all time. It's going to be it's going to be a stressful game. That's a promise. Oh my god. Well, before we get into some of the things we're hoping to get right this week. Do you want to cover some of the things that we got wrong last week? I think that sounds like a magnificent idea. (laughs) Magnificent. So let me, let me talk about this by the time we're done with our cups of coffee and you accidentally get that swig of just straight grounds in your throat. That's what we're going through right now. Grounds Grounds in our our cup. cup. Yeah. Grounds in our cup. 
I'll roll off this one because I had a little bit tougher of a, a week one than you did. So I will, I'll start this. Um, one of my bold predictions from last week, which I don't actually feel bad about missing a bold prediction. As you shouldn't, point, you know, as you yeah. shouldn't. Uh, Baker did not beat the, the Packers. That was a one week stint from Mr. Mayfield. And uh, Trevor Lawrence just fat made me put my foot in my mouth because he <laughs> dominated the Cowboys. He, I, I thought he would struggle. You know, I thought we'd see a little bit of like a, we saw end of a run, which we saw a little bit tonight from the weather so much, but he crushed the Cowboys. And I mean, if you, if you want to see a legit quarterback now, you're watching Trevor Lawrence. He's just so good. That comeback was phenomenal. And he is no longer making dumb mistakes, mm-hmm. which I think is huge. Yeah, let us not forget. So as I said, we have a 9.30 p.m., episode of coffee shop football right we sh- we're shooting this after thursday night football the Post jets have the zach wilson meltdown the jets have one of the best defenses in the nfl especially against the quarterback position and trevor lawrence threw no he didn't he didn't strap on a cape and throw for four touchdowns but he grabbed his hard hat he grabbed his lunch pail and he went to work taking care of business against the jets on the ground mostly which i was just at, listen, that is it's terrifying. For fifty-one and one, he always. Um, yeah, he. Yeah, he, he's he always can, had legs. Yeah, he can he's get always it together. Been able to run it. He can definitely get it together on the ground, but seeing it happen in a game script where that was what it called for was that is the was, most he's ran this season. That was a beautiful thing, and he's he's a, he's turning into a complete player before our eyes, and the AFC should be terrified. I think the Jags. If they can continue to figure it out, I mean, I think their defense is a little bit of a mess still this season. Yeah. I don't think they're anything yeah, scary. So, so you know, but but no fault by you for for picking that, given what the Cowboys have shown us. Um, so we we touched on. Correct me if I'm wrong. Did we touch on just the the Baker and the Trevor? You got one yeah. prop, one yeah. prop mightily wrong with Miles Sanders. I don't want to say mightily wrong. That was that game made no sense to me. The game script was like, okay, run the ball with Miles Sanders, and then they just wouldn't do it. Nope, nope. And so, so my but, my props went a little bit down the hole last but, week. But for the most part, though, those those three, that's uh, it's it's a nice hefty swig of grounds, but it's a swig of grounds that you can still swallow and enjoy the rest of your cup of coffee. You're not you're not spitting it out and and uh, rinsing your cup out. No way. No, the the big spit out last week was the Alec Pierce call for me where he ended up with zero receiving yards, and I took the over 40 because I did not expect the Colts to be up by 33 points at halftime. Oh, yeah, and can we just talk about the greatest comeback of all time? Greatest comeback of all time. Orchestrated by one Kirk O'Chains. Yeah, so my cup was a little groundsy, a little less groundsy than your cup. You might not you might not have even noticed these grounds until you got to the bottom and you saw them before you swigged. So you didn't have to take the the mighty take nasty the gulp. swig. You might not have had to do it, but um I was very confident in Baltimore against Cleveland. Turned out to not be the case. I'll attach that to my two and a half year long crush that I've had on Tyler Huntley. Mm-hmm. Um I still see some sort of a potential in him, maybe as a backup, unfortunately. Um, I've just I've always seen him deliver, but he just, man, he was not the guy. And that the Ravens offense is they're they're holding together by their run game, but it is a mess. It is so gross. It's really and it's it's covered up. 
I've, I yeah. feel so bad for Baltimore fans. Like, you know, I have a buddy, one of my favorite baristas at my local coffee bean. His name's Blad. And we talk about the Ravens Shout every time Vlad. I go in. Shout out to Blad. Yeah, Blad, we, I hope you're listening. But but we talk about the Ravens all the time. And, you know, I'm an optimist. And and he's such a good guy. So I'm like, yeah, it's a, oh, who do they got this week? Oh, oh uh, uh, Pittsburgh, don't worry. They'll crush him. Oh, who do they got this week? Oh, uh, uh, Carolina, don't, don't worry. They'll crush they got him. him. <laughs> and, and then they and I'm get always, taken to the house. <laughs> I see him the next day and he's like, he gives me the same look. He's like, man, they did it again. And they freaking did. And so, you know, I, I want more for them and mm-hmm. injuries at some point, the injury luck, the injury bug has to course correct. They have to have the pendulum has to tell that to the 49ers. Yeah, exactly. Oh my Lord. But, but someday fingers crossed that someday Baltimore can field a full team and can put it together. I mean, Lamar's coming back, right? That's almost a guarantee. Yeah, I don't think they have much of a choice right now. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and then I I love Rashad Bateman, but they need someone too. else. They need someone else there. Yeah, because they need it's a, just a not, true too. You can't claim Sammy Watkins off the waivers and then put him in a starting lineup this Sunday and feel good about your wide receiver core. Yeah, it's kind of it's a it's a tad embarrassing. Um so that's that's my Baltimore take. Um I, I was speaking I was speaking through pain when I talked about benching Mike Evans and taking the under on his prop. But he had mm-hmm. himself a little day and uh he he, he might have done enough to uh earn his way back into my lineup for the uh fantasy semis. That's gonna have mm-hmm. to be a conversation for later. Um but last but not least, I believe there was one oh yeah, Ritter, meh. Yeah, I, w- I didn't hate his debut, but I, I didn't disgusted. see anything. Really, yeah. well, you know what? He has a nice little connection with Drake London, which I definitely am so we needed happy to see, that. to see. Yeah, that's a huge, huge plus. But but individually, there Not wasn't much. a ton there. I, I I watched almost the whole first half of that game, and I was uh, I was very afraid to have to come on the pod after thinking that he wasn't going to win or pick up his parlay. But he hit his over. He hit the over. So you know, barely. It was like that last play, right? He like ran out of bounds, like. That's I remember probably, watching it. I remember watching it and being like, he might have hit his over in that play. <laughs> I was like, Kevin might have hit it. I don't I lucky that he did, but he might have hit it. Wasn't exactly what I thought when I said that he would turn heads for positive reasons. I would say that was more of a pedestrian outing. But you, you know, it's not that he didn't show any moxie. It's just that he didn't really have a chance to. That was kind of that was one of those. I would rather uh, be doing almost literally anything else than watching this game games, you know? Yeah, no, I agree with that. Holy, it was not fun to watch. No, that was kind of disgusting. Um, although, really quick, again, side note. I'm the mm-hmm. king of side notes. This Rashid Shahid kid, I He's like ball a little bit. He's I like ball- him. We actually, uh, at Reception Perception this week, we did a little bit of charting on him. And uh, he's he's actually got some chops. I'm not surprised. Real, real route running chops, especially on the deep passes and yeah, stuff. Yeah, he's got he's got a nose for the deep ball. He really does. He's. Uh, I think he'll be a nice little compliment there. I'm excited. I picked him up in Dynasty. I'm gonna. He's gonna be my project this off season. He gives me a little bit of Darius Slayton vibes. We're like, I, I think he that. can ball, but I don't think he's a complete receiver by any means. I'm like, he yeah. will be an, a good addition, but he's not gonna really turn into like a a guy. Slayton's been decent this year, and Slayton's been 
Slayton is a, is a guy to to keep He's your eye on. I mean, decent, but then the Giants just throw him to the curb as soon as every they can. time. As every time they can, like, he, he is going to start next season sixth on the depth chart. You watch, but he will hundred oh, percent by the end of the season. He will be third, and he will be average enough to make you think. And he deserves to be third. <laughs> yeah, he does absolutely. Well, I mean, I don't know because who knows if they add anybody. Wandale's coming mm. back. Sterling's coming back. It'll be interesting to see. Yeah. Well, are you ready to get hurt again? You ready to get some some more Bulldogs positions? I, I want to get hurt. I, I'm we went so, 0 for 4. On our Bulldogs predictions? I believe so, right? No. No, because because they got a scare. You Chicago hit, gave you, Philly a oh, scare. Oh, Chicago. Yeah, I'll give you that. Chicago did give Philly a scare. They threw it away the second half. And, I want, and I'll take half a point for, uh, for, for Ritter because he wasn't disgusting. Was that a bold prediction? I don't remember. I actually don't mm. remember. That's something we'll have to. We'll, well we got to, new ones now. Yeah, oh, I'm so ready. And and yeah, and for what it's worth, uh, I feel good about these. I feel good about them being possible. And I feel, I'll tell you what, one of the four, which I'm going to let you lead us off with these, but one of the four, I hope to God it's a prophecy and not a prediction. <laughs> All right. Well, I think I know which one you're talking about. So I'll start with that one. Um, I'm my first bold prediction, I think, is a big digs comeback game. I know a little Ooh. there's a little weather concerns in that Bill Chicago game. I don't care. Um, I think Diggs is gonna go off against that Bill that uh Bears secondary for 150 in a touchdown. 150 plus in a touchdown. See, now you're just pulling on my heartstrings, Zach. Like you're 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 just a man after my own heart. And, As uh, if I'm not a big enough Diggs fan. I know you love Diggs. You love Diggs. Uh, I have to say, I have to say, uh, that's the one. Because listen to this. I'm in two semifinals. I'm in I'm in four main leagues, right? I'm I'm mm-hmm. I'm still in two semifinals, and both of those teams, I have the Allen Diggs stack. And I actually think he does think about that because I know. I've I've seen enough of Diggs. I know he keeps in mind that low fantasy football. Like he's a, he's yep. got the ego a little bit that you need. That he knows. Last week, the last two weeks, really, he's kind of like underperformed. You know, yeah. he's going to want the ball. Yeah. He's going to want to be that guy. Yeah, and I think he can do it. Uh, just think about think about the um, the statistics there. When we talked about early last week, we talked about early round quarterbacks. We talked about how early is too early. How many? of the final fours in across all the fantasy leagues have Allen and Diggs or one or the other. Probably all it has to be eighty percent of a them. A large percentage of them because those two have been dynamite this year. And I'm I just need I just need a big game for them. Yeah. More so than anything, just to continue for them to build that confidence. Like, you know, I don't really think Steph gets down on himself. That's one of his strengths. Um a lot of people considered 2021 a down year for him just because 2022 was so out of this world or 2020 was so out of this world. Mm-hmm. And he's really taken the best parts of both of those last two seasons and put them together for this season. Yeah. He's already passed his totals from last year and there's three more games left of the season. So it is the most complete season from a bills receiver. I would argue in the team's history, given that we have the likes of Eric molds and Stevie Johnson and Andre oh. Reed you know, just a couple of sheer bona fide studs, but this season from Stefan Diggs is something yeah. Diggs blows those guys out of the park. It's some it's something to behold. He 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 solidifying his case to someday potentially have his jersey hung up in Canton. He needs a couple more years like this. You know, he's had this is three in a row now of of dynamite production. Uh if he gets three more, given what he's done in Minnesota, a couple rings thrown in there, at least one. 
I think he got a. I think he's got a case. I, I we're getting ahead of ourselves, but I like it. I like it. You like it? I'm, uh, not, I'm not too far out on a limb there. No, I think he's okay. one of the most talent. I think he's second most talented receiver in the NFL, only to Devontae Adams, and I think that's a close race. So, so. you would, so you would throw a uh, uh, five on him to make the Hall of Fame. I I think if he keeps up the production he's at now, he's still got a good couple years in him. Um, I think we've seen NFL players make some iffy contract decisions that have thrown them into question for Hall of Fame where they chase the money rather than chase the opportunity. I don't see him doing that. I think he really likes Buffalo. Yeah, he's I think he's I think he's uh under contract for like five years or something like that. And as a wide receiver, you really need a good quarterback to get in the Hall of Fame. So yeah. I think he's got some really Wait, solid chances. Kenny Galladay's not going to the Hall? Wait, really? <sighs> Probably Seriously? not, you know. I don't <laughs> think that's the quarterback's fault, though. That might You said an iffy contract decision. That might be the best contract decision ever made. <laughs> for him, yeah. For him, nothing. sure. Absolutely. Um, so I I'll will... Roll in Oh, oh yeah, you want to yeah. do? Yeah, I was gonna say we could do every other, or you can you can come in with a second. No, we'll, we'll hit every other. How about you throw your first one out here? Yeah, because the only reason I wanted to jump in is because it's very much uh, in line with what we already talked about. But I'm I'm sensing a theme here. If if I'm if I'm right this week, then I'm gonna do this every week. But I'm sensing a weekly I don't think it's scare bold after that. It's bold. It'll be bold when I keep picking these ten point favorites to to shake in their boots to these. 10 point dogs i'm picking a, i'm picking a, a seahawks scaring the chiefs this week i i think it will be i think to pick it as close as the texans would be a little too bold for my liking even though i've never met a cup of coffee that was too bold for me um but i think i'm gonna implore you to pick a point differential i'm picking seattle to cover and i think i would pick them to keep it a one score game till the bitter end okay so within seven i'm confident that this is going to be the kind of game that either ends as a one score game or is a one score game until two minutes to play i feel good about that all right geno smith has he's been great all season i I heard some whispers uh, and some rumblings that he might not be the best choice to stream this week i couldn't disagree more Mm -hmm. um I'm not at all afraid of that matchup. Uh, no, we'll, I'll be getting to that later. I love Marquise Goodwin. I, I've even thought – I love him so much, I've even thought about picking him up this stream over Slayton um, in a 14-man double flex. Don't judge me. Um, <laughs> like, I don't, I don't want to sound like I'm, you know, at the bottom of the barrel already. But, uh, you know, I definitely could see the defense making some big plays admittedly not the best defense but but Mahomes just has looked so human lately hmm. and I wouldn't be surprised if that continues that is bold I think yeah we I mean we talked about it earlier something to watch for sure but right now after Seahawks got manhandled by the 49ers I think uh that would be tough tough to come and put up a game against the Chiefs so yeah well mine is a little less stat worthy or fantasy wise on the bold prediction but I think the NFL is trying to convince families to spend a little more time together this Christmas um, because the Christmas Day slate, I'm not watching after Green Bay, Miami. It's just not, no, I don't want. And for those of you that aren't as in tune with the NFL schedule, we are blessed to have the Denver Broncos versus the Los Angeles Rams at 1.30 p.m. That's the main game. 
Yeah, gross. Thank you. I do not want to watch that game. Baker against Russ should be should be lopsided, and it's not. Um, My goodness. And then and then they close it out with the Tom Brady led Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who are just floundering against the Trace McSorley Arizona Cardinals, and that is the <sighs> Sunday night game. And I'll just be I'll rather eat some prime rib. I'd rather chill with my family than watch those games. So that's my bold prediction is that no one's going to watch them. I absolutely love this take. And I think it's, yeah, you know what? Uh, it's on the, it's on the more medium side of, of, of a bold roast. It's, it's a, because bro, how can anybody, how can anybody, I mean, okay. I'll tell you how, how you not watch because I will. Yeah. I was going to say like, I'm going to, come on here and joke like how can you watch this game but i watched jets jaguars tonight i watched <laughs> strevler go in there and uh and uh you know I, I watched the jets fourth string quarterback go out there and put on a show tonight so i'm, I'm just that guy you know i'm, I'm married to the game Can't you know what it. i think it's like when you're hanging out with your family on christmas or something yeah. and you they're like oh do you guys want to play a game and you know how normally being that football guy you'd be like oh yeah and you also want to throw on the tv in the corner and you yep. can also watch the nfl i won't be doing that this year if it's not on i will just i'll let it be i'll, let, I'll call it I'll, call, I'll be like you know what let's play some uno and i'll just she, pay attention now i'm glad you got specific with it because i'll tell you exactly what's going to happen i have the most wonderful sister in the world her name's trisha and she, there's nothing in this on this planet she hates more than football and <laughs> if she's at my house and football is on she will leave and so I think that I will be spending Christmas with uh, my beautiful girlfriend and my sister. And I'm 99% sure that I won't even have to pretend to watch or I won't even have to, I won't even have <laughs> to, to pull it above the. Just <laughs> pretend like you're a martyr. Be like, you know what? For you, I'm going to skip these last two games. Get some good brother points. <laughs> I'm Get just going to, this points. is all for you. Has nothing to do with me not wanting to watch any of these games. I appreciate you for that suggestion. I'm doing that. That is yeah, really smart. If you out there, like, just take enjoy your holidays. Yeah, I don't just don't watch I, it. I I I say this knowing full well that I will be putting on my clown makeup right before kickoff. <laughs> I'll be throwing in my parlays last minute because this I'm will be generous. a great game. Yeah, I promise. I, I guarantee you that's going to be what it looks like. But um, I love the take. I love the uh, the bold rose prediction. I thank you. Thank you. We'll be staying in the same realm that I've been living in for these because. You know, I, almost I, you like the almost upsets. I think almost upsets are extremely fun, and I think they're also. I think there's something to be said for the tea leaves. I think there's something to be said for the. Uh, you know, I haven't done my uh, specific DVOA homework, but I I know that usually when you have that gut feeling, usually DVOA backs it up. Mm-hmm. I believe it was you who said famously on Twitter, uh, "Are the Texans kind of good?" Are the, the Texans, Texans actually, actually kind of good right now? Actually, not the worst team in the NFL, the way that they've masqueraded themselves all season. Um, so I'm going to go deep in the bag of tricks here. Uh, and the quarterback who almost defeated Patrick Mahomes in a duel this year, Malik Willis. I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that Malik Willis does not have what it takes to cover the spread against the Texans. And the Texans so, will be covering the spread in consecutive weeks against AFC playoff favorites. I don't know if that's as spicy as you think it is. Have you looked at the line? What's the swing? The Texans are only three-point dogs. Wow. Well, then in I'll a, take back a, the... I'll, in a juicy 
35.5 over under. Wow, the over unders have been gnarly this week. I don't know if you saw. I think the uh, it's Cleveland, not even the second lowest. I was yeah, gonna say the Cleveland oh New Orleans one is is oof. Ah, that's yeah. just yeah, that's nasty. But um, no, I I think you're right. I'm gonna have to change the bold roast prediction to the Texans beat the Titans to keep it bold. Ken, do you think they can beat the Titans? I'm gonna I'm gonna go out on a limb and say yes. I mean, for the sake of the bold roast. I mean, if I'm if you put a gun to my head and say say say, say pick a winner. Um, hey, you know, you gotta live by the by the bold, die by the bold, baby. I'm gonna say the Texans are gonna beat the Titans. All right, I like it. I what think, do you think the Texans. I without Tannehill, I think it's a different scenario. Yeah. My my concern is that uh, Derrick Henry literally owns the Texans franchise. I think he bought it a couple years back, and then just has them not play when he's yep. on the field. Yep. So that scares me a little bit because he dominates fair. them. That's very fair. Um, I worry about that. Yeah. And I just think Houston doesn't want to win. I don't think they want to win a game. It makes no sense for them to win. Um, obviously, they were fired up against Kansas City. And obviously, they they're going to be mm-hmm. fired up against a division rival uh, like the Titans. So it's going to be very fun to see. Um, the Texans are a team that no matter how bad they are, they're not this, they're not this eyesore that you think no. they are. I would rather watch a Texans game than a Browns game. Uh, dude, Deshaun Watson has been god awful. And he, I'm almost relieved that he is because yeah, like, I didn't want to, I didn't want to have to do the like, I know yeah. it's like, I don't want to be like the, yeah, go out and trade all your picks for Deshaun Watson because yeah. he's so good. Him being and now I can just like, not been fun. You're not that guy, pal. Yeah, we can just dunk on Deshaun, and and that will just continue to be what that is. Um, but but so so yeah, I think in order to to keep it bold, I'm gonna say that the the Texans are gonna upset the Titans. Um, I'm about that life. I would also, you know, I mean, I'll give the same, I'll give the same uh, rookie check to Malik that I gave to Desmond, just with a little less outward confidence. I'm I'm excited to watch Malik play this week. It'll be nice to see him with another chance to. To kind of be a playmaker, especially against a worse defense as well. Like you don't have to be doing it against the Chiefs. You're doing it against the Texans. He now. was abysmal against the Chiefs. So bad. So yeah. I think they might let him when they probably had him keep it in against the Chiefs, because like he was thrown in mid-game. With a full week of game planning, I think he'll loosen the reins a little bit. You might see some Malik Willis balling. I remember being impressed in preseason. Um, mm-hmm. I remember seeing some great flashy uh runs. So fingers crossed that that he because you know he had all that draft buzz you know he mm-hmm. he had first round buzz number two overall yeah. yeah he had he so you know you gotta respect that like I mean he's still the jury's out I mean people were earlier this oh, season saying yeah. Fields looked like the worst quarterback they'd ever seen with their own two eyes and Fields is now the dynasty one hundred three that's a boost but you know what I mean like yeah. But so yeah, you got things you, change quickly. One you gotta, week could change everything for and, Malik Willis, and that's the beauty of the Coffee Shop Football Podcast. Because not only will we will we tell you that and give you the bold hot takes, we'll also tell you when we're wrong. And now we're gonna get a couple more opportunities to do that because we're gonna to hop be in our prop segment where I was an abysmal two for five last week, which is not how we want to start. Um, but Kevin, you performed a little bit better. Uh yeah, you know I I. I I did what I call the Kevin special, which is one short of uh, getting paid. Uh, one short, yeah. Four out one. of five. Four out of five. I, I always do my parlays all in because, again, I, I can't stress this enough. I'm a degenerate. 
Um, and and we're, uh, we're putting where our money where our mouth is on these. Every always. time we give you these, we are we're betting on them. We're not That's just an extremely. You. <laughs> it's an important detail that that we stress that because so many of these guys are going to come on here and they're going to bang their drums. And they're gonna. I'm sure they all do it. Actually, let's be realistic. Yeah, they're I'm probably sure that... all <laughs> Where they're like, they're like, where, where, they're almost like, are you betting this? And he's like, I put eight grand on this. <laughs> yeah, that's how confident I am. Meanwhile, <laughs> meanwhile, you know, my uh, measly ten dollars on sleeper is, uh, you know, I mean, hey, I had, I almost, I almost won sixty uh, earlier tonight, but uh, Garrett Wilson was a reception shy. I got the uh, Zach Wilson and the Trevor Lawrence lines right, but, but the ten dollars turning into sixty is a big difference, you know. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's like a whole Olive Garden dinner. Well, since you're coming off of a strong week, how about you go ahead and start off again? Hit me with your props and give me a little bit of backing to why. I would love to. So my first prop is going to be the Derrick Henry over on .5 rushing touchdowns. And if you want to know why, rewind this podcast about six minutes to when we were talking about Derrick Henry owning the Titans. Um, no, but I mean, obviously the Texans have one of the worst – did I say Titans? I meant Texans. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, yeah. Uh, Derrick Henry is one of the best running backs in the league. The Texans have one of the worst rushing defenses of all time. So uh, even with the quarterback replacement, him falling into the end zone seems like a certainty. They might even um, run more. Oh, yeah. I mean, if there, it's the kind of line where if there was some sort of a crazy odds boost at one and a half rushing touchdowns over, I might do it. Um, that being said... My next line is going to have to do with my favorite player. He is my special boy, and his name is Josh Allen. And he, his line against Chicago, who has not the best defense, is set at one and a half passing touchdowns. So please, 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 um, for all of our gambling listeners, please, please, please run to sleeper right now and, and, and uh, bet the over on that because the likelihood – that Josh Allen throws for two touchdowns in the first half is pretty high. I would say on the game is is a lock. Um, and he's coming three of his last four games with two or more touchdowns. That's right. Just not against the Jets, and then not against Cleveland the week before Detroit's game. So Understandable for the Jets. The Cleveland game was kind of one of those weird elbow games and one of those weird Buffalo established the run like crazy. I think both backs were over 80 yards in that game. Uh, yeah. So I'm not too surprised, with all due respect, that those were the ones. But two for Josh Allen is just – it's criminal. It's, it's a good line. It's candy from a baby. Um, I'm going to take the – possibly the shocking prop of the day. Um, it's a player that on the field I actually really like what they do. Um, but Mr. Tyreek Hill, I'm going to take the under on his receiving yards prop, which is currently 87.5 on sleeper. Um, I just, you know, like you said, it's uh, it's the Packers and Jair Alexander is a true lockdown and they do have an outstanding pass defense. So I would say that that's feels pretty good. I mean, uh, Tua has been great. Um, he had a nice game against Buffalo. Uh, so I mm-hmm. wouldn't be surprised to see Tua continue to, uh, have, have some success through the air. Um, but, Would you be shocked to know that he actually has not hit that line in four of his last five games? Tyreek Hill hasn't. Yeah, so that, his only game over 87 receiving yards was against San Francisco where he had 146. Other than that, he had 44, 85, 81, and 69. 
he's floating around that. He's that right number. there. He's right and there, but he has the not hit it. The problem with Tyreek Hill is one catch. One catch likely. for 88 yards. <laughs> yeah, well, I was going to say one catch very likely could be the difference between him hitting this and not hitting this, but... I'm gonna I'm gonna go with my I'm gonna go with my gut I'm gonna go with my stones and apparently I'm gonna go with the numbers and I'm gonna and I'm gonna say under 87 and a half um, and then my next two uh, my first one of the last two is Josh Jacobs over 0.5 rushing touchdowns now this man is on fire this is one of those seasons that will go down in history hopefully not as an outlier because I've always liked Josh Jacobs. Hopefully this isn't is an outlier. It, can it be an outlier when he's always done it? Not this. Not this. Not not this. But I was gonna say top he's always eight, been he's always been 11. he's always been an above average to great running back, but he is the RB one this season. Fought, oh, like going away. So good, yeah. He's been unbelievable this season. So yeah, I think the over 0.5 rushing touchdowns for Josh Jacobs this week. Um Correct me if I'm wrong, but he's playing Pittsburgh. Uh, yes, yeah, he's playing yeah. Pittsburgh. Nothing, nothing. You know, I mean, they have a f- very good defense. They they have a very, uh, I would say, I would say above average defense. I believe their run defense in DVOA is uh, eighth best. So yeah, that's pretty, pretty solid. solid. Yeah, this is more of a faith in Jacobs' play and a faith in what McDaniel's has been doing to get Jacobs going than it is a knock against the matchup. You know, usually I make these plays matchup based, but uh, Jacobs, uh, that, that, that zero in front of that decimal point was just really, really tantalizing. You know, he needs one. And I just see, I just have faith that he can do it. He's done it all year. Um, Those are a fickle game. And last but not least, this is kind of a, this is kind of a fun prop. I love these props. Um, I always lose money on these props. Just like last week, I did quarterback rushing yards, and the and the coin flip went my way. This week, I'm going to do quarterback interceptions, and I'm going to take the over on .5 Gardner Minshew interceptions. Because however like great of a backup he is, however awesome of, of a story Gardner Minshew is, he is Gardner Minshew. There's a reason mm-hmm. he hasn't been starting. And Dallas has a great defense. Dallas has a great defense. It's very unfortunate for Philadelphia that that's the matchup that they lost Hurts for. Uh, it is. It was, super, it was going to be such a good game, too. And I still think it'll be a good game, it'll but good like, game. it's not the same. No, it's without. not the same. And, and I, I, just to see, just to think about a game where Gardner doesn't have to catch up because mm-hmm. maybe let's just say that they're behind the sticks. Let's just say they're behind the eight ball for, for as far as points go. I like the formula of Gardner Minshew plus catch up football equals possibly one pick. Right. And a little bit of a dart throw off of three straight weeks with an interception as well. Say that again, Dallas three, three, yeah, in a row. Off of three straight weeks with an interception. That's a beautiful thing for this prop. Yeah. I, I feel good about that prop. I like it too. I actually considered that as one of mine and ended up only not taking it because you already had it on there. It seems so, very much you. like something that you would run away from given the, fickle nature of interceptions no it's fair they are you're, you're smart you're, he's a smart better i'm a i'm a crazy better. a heart better it's good we have both i i did almost take it though because i do think that is a, a at least a fair bit to happen my only concern with that is that they just don't let him um yeah. they oh, they just give him the layups they give him the easy balls and they just try and win that game with their defense yeah would be my only concern with that line mm-hmm. but uh, over and all i like your props i i I worry about the Tyreek Hill line. 
I don't think Jair's as as shutdowny. I think they I think he's more of a uh digs type cornerback like a Trevon. Really? He I I think he makes really great plays and I think he's a, an absolute lock cornerback, but I think he can get humiliated by playing a little too press and against Tyreek Hill that's a little scary. I think we saw that a little bit with the Bills game where like press all game, all game in his face, in his face, in his face and then the one time back behind you like yeah. I absolutely love your analysis there. I I'm not going to disagree with you, but I think that's a, that's going to be an, an interesting figure to track by the end of the season because I I do think of Jair as he does have the playmaking chops. I mean, mm-hmm. there has never been a more polarizing corner than than Trayvon. I mean, this guy he What's he will Gardner? he will give you. But Sauce Gardner is polarizing for his style of play, not so much for his boom and bust mm-hmm. results. You know. Yeah, Diggs is really the most boom bust cornerback. Like he's either getting a pick or like you're getting a touchdown. Yeah, so I think Jair is a little more on the safer, comfortable yeah. side of 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 that conversation but that being said i like the i think your process is sound and i'm eager to see uh that that's a line i would say out of the five that's probably the line that i'm the least confident in i just kind of wanted to i wanted to give our listeners a little bit of a of a i wanted to be a little bit bold roast there i didn't want to just and you you do have to throw in some unders so you i like even if you're confident in a take be like all right I might just throw this as an under two because it very well could happen. 87 and a half. It's pretty yeah. high. That's a high line. It's a yeah. high line. Well, I'll roll into mine. Uh, I actually took one the same as you, which isn't my favorite thing to do, but I think Derek Henry over 0.5 touchdowns, just getting a touchdown this week is yeah. a great line to have. Just be safe. He should get a touchdown against the Texans. Definitely. Um, and then my next two both come on the Seahawks side of the ball. Not that I have all that men of confidence in the Seahawks. It's more of like, I think the Kansas city pass defense is pretty fraudulent. Yeah. And uh, so I took the Gino over 249.5 passing yards. So 250 passing yards. I love and that. And then I'm going to go ahead and stack that up with Metcalf over 77.5 receiving yards. Um, I like that. Gino before last week had hit 250 in his last five games straight. So that felt like a good one, especially against Kansas city. I expect them to be behind. I expect him to throw. I don't think he's toast. I think he's still playing good football. Sleepers really buying that dip, really buying. And they're really counting on us to probably buy the dip too. And maybe the allure of the Kansas city matchup, maybe the casuals. Yeah. And I mean, losing losing Lockett hurts a lot too. I still think Goodwin is a good two. He's not as, Clearly not as technical as Tyler Lockett, not as good as a receiver, but I think he can get it done still against Kansas City. And then yeah, with I'm gonna, that, really quick before we get mm-hmm. to the next prop, uh, you know, I got a friend who's thinking about starting uh, Marquise Goodwin over Darius Slayton in half. <laughs> what are your thoughts for him? You give him the Listen, answer. I think if you, wow, that's tough because they're right? both great situations where like, Minnesota's pass defense. That's what I'm thinking. Exactly. That's more, what I told far, him. I said more fraudulent. <laughs> I, I, I still think I'd take Slate in there just because that the, he's a little bit safer, and yeah. I think he has upside this week. To where Same. normally, I, normally it'd be like, okay, what do you need? Like, what's yeah. your roster buildup? 
but I yeah. think I'm just I'm just in on Slayton over Goodwin as like Goodwin can come back with two catches where I think Slayton has Definitely. a little bit more. Um, not to mention Goodwin is also a little bit hurt, banged up. Yeah, uh, he's got a, he's and got he's a wrist and ankle injury. He's a, he's a great he's a great uh, he's great for a couple games every season. That's his thing. Mm-hmm. So I still think I'd go with Slayton, but yeah. I do like Goodwin at least for my props. Definitely. And uh, the Metcalf one scares me a little bit because he hasn't hit that line. Um, He'll for... probably have Snead on him too, right? Snead still playing. Uh, McDuffie, Trent McDuffie's been no, pretty I think good. He is, yeah. I think they'll have him on. I don't think they, they have can some cover decent him. corners in yeah, Kansas City. Do. I don't know why their pass defense isn't better. Just not it, man. He he hasn't hit this line in six weeks, but I think with Lockett out and then just kind of a little bit of he was getting kind of beat up in that Tampa Bay game. I think he'll he'll want to get that line, and I think he will definitely. And then um, my next line is Devonte Adams. I have him hitting the over of 69 and a half yards. So that 70 receiving yard mark. And again, just a weird line. Pittsburgh's pass defense is nothing special. And he's hit that line other than last week against New England, where he only got 28 yards. He hit that six weeks straight. Yeah. No, he's a freak. And that's a great, I think that's a great line. That's an easy hammer, the over on that one as well. Yeah, I like it a lot. So he feels like a lock to me. And then um, my last one's a little dicier, but I wanted to throw in an under on here. And as we were talking about how the Ravens have been a little floundering, I have um, Mark Andrews under 44 and a half receiving yards, which is such a low line. You dog. I think it's a great pick. And I think that it's, it's 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 a Stones pick. And... It's so funny because when you said that you had the same uh, Henry line as me and you you didn't love that, I was just going to go pick up a, a freebie line just so that we had 10 total. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was the one I was going to do. I didn't. I, dude, I, that's wild. It's saucy, dude. I mean, he. That's, that's low enough. He should be a lock for over 44 yards like normally because he's so good. But God, they've been so bad. He does not have the same chemistry with Huntley. But he could really make me eat my words this week. But I, I think it's still just a good one to sprinkle in as an under. Keep rolling it. with the bad games. Yeah. I love it. I got two more just for fun because of the of the logic of we both had the same one. Mm-hmm. Um, 271.5 for Mr. Tunga Valoya in Green Bay. I it's thought a about bit that. High. I, couldn't, I couldn't do it. It's a bit rich for me for a, against a, an elite pass defense like Green Bay's. Um, it could be game script wise, but I don't know, mate. That seems a bit much. That seems a bit steep. Mm-hmm. And then um, Christian Watson in the same matchup. Fifty. I wanted to take his under so bad. I would take his over. Yeah, that's because... in, we should. That's interesting because I immediately saw that line and said, "Nope." <laughs> but but think about it. He was forty three yards and and great usage last week. The mm-hmm. reason he didn't hit his. Uh, the reason he didn't hit his over last week or his good fantasy points is because he had that boneheaded ran the wrong route play in the end zone. Right. And but that's all that matters. No, 100%. And that's why I think if you're going process, I think Watson's due for at least 54 yards. He gets that on three receptions usually. But he's actually only hit that once in his last four games. With shocking, right? Yeah, but you take out his, the touchdowns, you take out the yard, take the out the touchdowns, yards. 
That's yeah, I it. get it. He's hit no. that. He's hit that line one time in the last four games against great matchups too. Against Chicago, against Tennessee, didn't hit it. Yeah. Well, I am going to confidently say that he does. And I mean, clearly, right. it wasn't one of my five. So this is the kind Not of call confident. where it, I, I can't be penalized if I'm wrong. But right. if I'm right, I will get credit. So absolutely. So I'm excited to come back to these. Yeah. What? Uh, what a what an episode, Zach. What a night a night show, little little coffee shop at night podcast. What a gift Vanilla. for for us. It's a gift because it's nighttime. But for the for the listeners in the morning, I'm still drinking this latte, man. I'm powering through. My heart is yeah, we up all night. Oh and, yeah, and this is also our holiday episode, so we love that holiday episode. Chris, whatever, whatever you're celebrating, Christmas coming up. Uh, Christmas, with the family, Hanukkah, have some good times. Kwanzaa, celebrate, celebrate, have whatever a good time, doing. hug your loved it's ones, man. And it's lovely to see you, as always. And oh, yeah, Zach. Thrilling. We'll be coming out with another episode next week. I may or may not be involved, but uh, Kev, you will be here regardless because we got to keep the show rolling. Oh yeah, I gotta keep the I gotta keep the uh, the streets caffeinated, Mister Zach. It, it's a, it's a must. Uh, I've 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 experienced the caffeine headaches. I've experienced the withdrawal. I'm not gonna do that to our listeners. Well, I am going to bid them adieu tonight, and yes. we will sit with them again next week. Thank you guys. Hey, hit us up on at the Buffalo Trail for me, Mr. Zach. Where can the listeners find you? You can find me at, at Zach underscore IC. Um, also, both of our Twitter handles are going to be on the show doc as well. So you're more than welcome to follow us on both those sources to find Sweet. us.